You are listening to First in Human, where we interview industry leaders and investors to learn about their journey to inhuman clinical trials. Presented by Vial, a tech-enabled CRO. Hosted by co-founder Andrew Bracken, with episodes launching weekly on Tuesdays and Thursdays. For episode 26, we chat with Margot Georgiadis, CEO and co-founder of Monti Health. Find out about Monti's creative approach to tackling chronic disease by harnessing the power of nature to find safer, more effective treatment options. This is First in Human. My name is Andrew Bracken. I'm the co-founder of Vile. Vile is a next-generation CRO built for biotech, offering faster and more efficient clinical trials. And today we're here with Margot Georgiadis, the CEO of Monti Health. Hi, Margot. Hi, Andrew. Why don't you uh, tell us a little bit more about yourself and the company? Yeah, I'm really excited to be here and tell you a little bit more about Monti. Our mission is to improve health outcomes for as many people as possible by transforming the paradigm to treat and preempt chronic disease. Yeah, and that's obviously an incredibly uh, exciting mission and would love to learn more about that approach you're taking to tackle chronic disease. Yeah, I'd love to share. It's really a huge societal problem. Uh, if you look up on any CDC website, you know, wherever you look, the numbers are staggering. Two billion people around the world are suffering and it's trillions in healthcare costs and an unsustainable burden on our society the numbers are like six in 10 Americans have one and four in 10 have two or more. And that gets even higher for our aging population that's 65 years old. And, and the patient unmet needs are enormous in this area. So we're pioneering to tackle this problem by unlocking the power of nature with digital technology so that we can rapidly and repeatedly create new therapies. And we're designing therapies specifically to address the unmet needs, which are therapies that are needed to slow or even halt the progression of these diseases, not just treat symptoms. We want to create therapies that are safe for long-term use and early intervention. And we want therapies that are consumer-friendly in their delivery, like a once-a-day pill or something they inhale. And they have to be more affordable than a lot of the treatments today, which are highly restricted by payers in terms of their access so, you know, coming into this industry as a technologist, I've really long believed that there's creativity and constraints. So we set this really high bar for what we needed to do. And then we said, what if we could take a completely different approach so that we could make this possible? We did this by creating a uniquely human-centered approach. It's grounded on a privileged molecular starting point, which we call anthromolecules, Molecules that have co-evolved with humans for hundreds or even thousands of years. So we have this incredibly long history of safety and consumption. They can come from sources like food, herbs, supplements. And it's an incredible diverse chemical space that has gone largely untapped. It actually was looked at many years ago by the pharma industry, but it was only able to be discovered serendipitously. And technology is really enabling us to transform our ability to access what the power is in this nature. And then we're using digital tools to comprehensively map all the potent connections between these anthromolecules and the biology that underlies chronic disease. So together, these are the assets that let us rapidly and repeatedly develop these powerful pathway-modulating medicines for chronic disease. So we're really excited about its potential. And I think at a basic human level, we've always known that food is medicine. We've just never understood it at the molecular level. And so now we can do that systematically. It's like this amazing pile of keys in nature. And now we can pull them out systematically with technology and find that optimal 
pathway lock for all those biological pathways that we need to address for these diseases. Yeah, it's a very unique approach to medicine, but at the same time, it, it makes total sense, right? And you're totally right that in many ways, this, this seems seems obvious. It's how medicine started, right? Antifungals, right. antibiotics. Mm-hmm. We're kind yep. of back to the future, but right. we're doing it with technology. I'd love to learn more about the technology. What does the technology mean in this case? I know you come from a technology background. You've built numerous technology companies. So So think about it as we're organizing the world's information of anthromolecules. So we're building deep knowledge graphs of every single one of these so that we understand all the properties that go into making a pharmaceutical product. So we understand them very deeply and comprehensively. Some of that we can pull out from literature or other things, but a lot of it we actually have to develop or impute. So it's a very complex NLP and modeling task. And then we use chemical ML and other AI and ML techniques to do all this bioactivity mapping so that we understand these connections. I think what's really unique is what we're doing is we're kind of biology agnostic. And what we're able to do is pull Biology pulls the chemistry that it needs, which is kind of the opposite of a lot of the things we identify, the biology, and then we try to create the molecule that we test over and over to see if it works. In this case, we actually try to pull the optimal chemistry, and we have to build that knowledge on both sides and then use ANML to make that efficient. Absolutely. I know you've started focusing on autoimmune diseases. How do you plan to tackle these diseases, and how are you thinking about other inflammatory diseases to go after in the future? Absolutely. We started with autoimmune and inflammatory diseases because of the enormous unmet patient need. But our long-term goal is to develop these human-centered solutions for all of the people that live with chronic disease. And there's a lot of categories of those, and they strongly overlap with a lot of the inflammation backbone. So these uh, patients have lots of unmet needs that I summarized before, right? They're usually only have access. If you really want to modulate um, the disease, they're usually put on biologics. And these are therapies that are not safe for long-term use or early intervention due to safety and tolerability issues. And many are immunosuppressive, right, or have other difficult side effects. There are some early small molecule therapies, but a lot of them have black box warnings in many cases. So these things become challenging, right, to be used broadly. There are also large non-responder rates. At least 30 to 40% is common for a lot of the mainline therapies, And consumer delivery is generally an injection versus oral, which is much less friendly for both the consumer and the provider. And as I said, the insurance coverage is quite limited. The people who actually get access to these, you have to be quite severe, quite late stage in the disease before they decide that the risk-benefit ratio works. We really want to flip that upside down so that we can actually try to intervene as early as possible um, in the course of these diseases. So we have the chance to slow or even halt progression. And this is the biggest single problem in something like autoimmune disease. I think about my own, one of our, we have three kids and one of our sons has had long standing is several autoimmune diseases. And he started to, you know, as young as uh, one and two years old. And these diseases just go on. And the way you have access to medication, you'll be on a medication, but you can only use it for a short period of time. Then you have to come off because of the side effects. So you just go through this constant cycle of flares that just keeps getting worse. The son's now in his 20s and he's been suffering for all of these years. It just there needs to be a better way that we find to treat these. And especially when you think about the fact that many people have more than one, these things are connected in terms of triads and other things. And so we need to really think also about how to more comprehensively treat these triads. That makes a lot of sense. And um, 
given all the work we've done in dermatology, I mean, you're singing to the choir here because these are exactly the challenges that patients have, especially those with you know, mild to moderate symptoms. And uh, you know, it seems a lot of the current options don't make sense for those patients. And even in many countries, those options aren't available. You know, I think about the UK, where I'm from, and a lot of the options that are given to dermatology patients in the US are not available in the UK today. That's exactly right. Either because of the warnings or because of the cost. And this is something we really need to find a way to work around, and which is why starting with something like anthromolecules, which is fundamentally known and has a really strong safety profile, can enable us to really flip this paradigm and think differently. That plus the technology and connecting it fundamentally to the bioactive, most important pathways that underlie these diseases. And so that's really the focus for the therapies that we're developing is powerful pipeline into target therapies that really comprehensively enable us to get after all the things that are dysregulated in our system. Where are you focusing right now? I know the company only launched a few months ago, or if I'm correct, but... We launched publicly a couple of months ago, but we've been uh, building our capabilities for a couple of years. And so we're rapidly advancing a pipeline of therapies and, and through a combination of our own pipeline and partnerships, we'll be developing solutions for the broadest range of chronic diseases possible over time. Are there any specific indications that you can share your working on? So we haven't announced that yet, <laughs> um, but we will over the coming months as we rapidly move to the clinic. But it's an exciting time to be part of this innovation in biotechnology. I'd love to understand how you expect to navigate the uh, approval process and regulatory process for these treatments. What are the challenges you're anticipating and how are you thinking about that, given that this is a slightly different approach to developing medicine? You know, it is a different approach analytically in terms of coming up with these therapeutics than I think the industry has followed historically. However, the regulatory path will be the same as any other therapeutics company. We do see some important opportunities given our privileged starting point, given that anthromolecules will be able to demonstrate a lot of understanding of human consumption and safety. But we believe that particularly for our first therapies, we'll, to the letter, go through many of the same steps that everyone else does. We will certainly, of course, see benefits in things like the clinical trials design, because by already understanding some of the dosing and other things, it will make it more efficient for us in the design of our clinical arms. So we do see benefits and how we approach this um, over time. Absolutely. I'd love to understand how you're thinking about engaging with the healthcare community. Obviously, there are both providers and patient advocacy groups. I imagine you're thinking a lot about how to educate them. There's obviously a lot of benefits to your approach. And I think the education is going to be critical to the success of these medicines. You know, absolutely. If you were to ask the average consumer walking on the street, would you rather have a therapy that's safe for long-term use and based on nature and something you can actually understand? At the same time, people just want the therapies to work. If you're a clinician seeing 50 to 60, just think about dermatologists, right? They're on average seeing 50, 60 patients a day and things are fast paced right through that office. So the clinician really needs to have the confidence to know that therapy is actually going to work. And how do I fit it into this enormous arsenal of things that people are throwing at me from the pharmaceutical industry? And so, as you said, their feedback is essential to understanding the true experience in that clinician's office and how you can make their lives simpler, easier, and beneficial, as well as the experience of the patient. And so we spent a lot of time talking to both sides as we defined our target product profiles for everything in our pipeline. And we found it really, really important. You can look at the industry data, 
But at the end of the day, getting into underneath the day-to-day lives of clinicians and patients ensures that the way you think about your solutions ensures that you're really addressing meaningful unmet needs to improve both the patient experience and health outcomes. Because there's a lot of nuances that you have to consider in terms of the design of the therapy, how fast acting it is, right, how safe it is, adherence, all kinds of things become essential in that target product profile. And given that you're driving down the cost of these drugs, I think it's incredibly exciting to think about the global implications. And so many of the new drugs being approved in the US will never reach patients around the globe. And I think that's pretty exciting about what you're doing and the approach you're taking with Monti. Well, we certainly hope to both be able to rapidly and repeatedly create these new small molecule therapies, which of course have enormous advantages in terms of manufacturability and cost. And as we think about all the ways in which we'll build knowledge, we hope to take our technology to as many areas as possible. And we do believe there's an opportunity to hit real breakthrough points. One of the challenges that the industry faces when we look at the data is enormous costs from failure rates in clinical trials. And by starting with molecules that we fundamentally understand are safe, and then creating this systematic understanding of how to connect them to our biology, we believe we can enormously reduce cost in the ecosystem by reducing that failure rate, as well as the form factors that we're focused on. Definitely. You've had an incredibly impressive career prior to joining Montai. You were the CEO of Ancestry.com and the president of Google Americas. How have these experienced influenced your strategy in scaling companies and building companies? I know that Montai is the first biotech company you've worked on, as far as I'm aware, but I'd love to understand your approach for building companies. Absolutely. I am definitely not uh, the shortlist biotech CEO that most people would expect. But at the same time, as we try to innovate categories with technology, a lot of the fundamentals of how we think about connecting the deep understanding of biology and computation, very similar to a lot of the problems that we solved at Google or Ancestry in building scalable technology platforms. And I feel really privileged to get to work with many of the best biologists in the world through an organization like Flagship Pioneering. And that really gave me the confidence that together we could actually reimagine how to build a next-generation biotech company. So at Ancestry and Google, the commonality was really using technology in new ways to enable us to solve important problems at scale. It's really not that complicated, right? At Google, we wanted to organize the world's information, right? We wanted to level the playing field in content creation. We wanted to enable everyone, right, to be able to have a computer in their pocket and have everything that they needed at their fingertips and technology to get out of the way and them to go on with their lives. At Ancestry, we were trying to enable everyone to find their family story. And we had to find creative ways to organize the world's information of all of those records all over the world, but then to enable people to easily find their way through all that through either DNA testing or direct interrogation, right, into the massive tomes of clinical records that we had. And so... By doing that, you really start with how can you fundamentally design a really hard problem, right? You have to reimagine the way things are to get to that future. So what can make that much more magical product and experience that can have a transformational benefit? And how do you make sure you create a scalable platform? And that really requires thinking really deeply about what are the fundamental assets you're building that can keep scaling and get smarter and more efficient over time. It's solving that problem, right? So if you think about it at Ancestry, 
you can have a bunch of people start entering who are genealogy experts, family trees, but the average person who comes in has no idea how to look at a record from three or four centuries ago. They might even be in their own language. It might have information laid out in a way that they wouldn't even understand. And so you use technology to make it easy for people to connect the dots and to navigate. At Monti, that's true as well. The problem we're trying to solve is just different. The foundations of medicine, as we talked about before, came from discovering things in nature. But many of those discoveries were really serendipitous, like asking your grandmother about your family story, but not necessarily knowing if what she told you was actually right or could you validate it. And then you had to go and systematically see if it was true. We're now able to use technology to build the world's largest understanding of human-centric chemistry and to connect it to our biological pathways comprehensively, as we could never have done this before. And the digitization of chemistry and biology and powerful AI and ML tools are enabling us to make this happen at scale. Even more exciting for me as a technologist as we do this is how we can keep scaling this over time so we can go further and faster. So if you think about it, 100,000 anthromolecules are known today, but there are millions more to discover. Our anthromolecule solutions can only continue to grow as our capabilities build. We can build solutions that can grow across different types of diseases. We can work across different kinds of stages as our bioactivity atlases expand. So our models can advance from just offering a single pathway solution. We can look at synergistic pathway solutions. We can even go to preemptive solutions with the development of new biomarkers. And we can keep scaling our capabilities over time so that we can go further, even faster. If you think about the foundation, which is the understanding of anthromolecules, 100,000 of those are known today, but there's millions more that we can discover. We can also grow our anthromolecule solutions in lots of different ways. We can grow our bioactivity atlases across diseases. We can go across stages of a disease. And this will all happen as our models advance and enable us to move from a single pathway solution to a synergistic pathway solution. Maybe we need to go after two pathways to really get the outcome we want from a health perspective and a disease. Our ultimate goal is to go to preemptive solutions, but to do that, we need to develop new biomarkers so that we can create those moments in which we would intervene based on very specific measurable biology. We also believe personalized solutions are incredibly important because we have an aging population where 60% have multiple chronic diseases. And so we have to find a way to keep growing our capabilities to solve these new problems. And we believe our fundamentals enable us to keep growing and learning over time. So that concept of what we learned at places like Google and Ancestry, how do you create scalable assets and computational capabilities that keep opening up more and more ways to reimagine development? Right now for us, it's taking small molecule development from cost ineffective and four to seven years, we can all make it predictable and two years or less. And so for us, that's where we're starting, but there's just limitless opportunity ahead. Years or less is an exciting goal. I look forward to seeing your progression toward that. We're excited to do it. Well, Margot, thanks so much for the time today. It's incredibly exciting, the work that you're doing at Monti. And I think everyone will look forward to following your progress and announcements regarding the indications you're going after and some of the initial medicines you develop. So thank you so much for the time and I appreciate learning more about Monti. Thanks, Andrew. Thanks for listening. 
Be sure to follow us on Apple, Spotify, and Google.